Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. I got 75 wrong. Welcome to episode number 76 of the Giant Take Podcast. Took a little break. Um, didn't mean to do that, but it's been eight days. So I think it's the longest break that we've ever taken from a Giant Take episode, which is pretty crazy to say 75 episodes in that I don't think we took longer than like a week break. I know it's only a day longer, but we were going to get this episode out earlier. Um, if Alex wants to go into why we couldn't, uh, he could definitely do that. But, um, yeah, we were, we, you know, we're getting one out now. Um, Alex isn't feeling great, so we, we had to schedule it to today. And, uh, basically we're, we're here and I know this is late, but Alex, I mean, how was your super wild card weekend? Because we haven't been able to touch on it yet. My super uh, my super wild card weekend was definitely interesting. I watched all the games, I believe. I don't think I missed any. Um, so it was a long weekend of watching lots of football. It was fun. Sadly, the Giants weren't in it. Um, but there was lots of fun games. I mean, a few surprises for sure. The Rams against the Seahawks. I mean, that was a big surprise. I'm trying to think what else. I mean, the the football team almost beat the Buccaneers with uh, Taylor Heineke, who looked very good in that game. I'm not going to go through every single game, but it was definitely a fun uh, wild card weekend. And we have some amazing divisional matchups, some really tough ones for me to pick, actually, uh, when we get to our predictions later. But it, it's uh, it's going to be a tough week for me. It, it's it's a struggle and I need to win this. I think I'm down by one or two games to Josh. So hopefully I can come back in that. But yeah, sad to see the Giants not in the playoffs, but some good playoff football, so that makes me uh, pretty happy. Yeah, Alex giving you a good preview for why you should stick around towards the end of this episode, going to like our last thing on the board, when we got a lot of stuff to talk about here on the Giant Tick Podcast. And one big thing you missed, Alex, was Nickelodeon's coverage of the wild card game, Saints-Bears, the awful game it was. Um, I feel like it was the least entertaining out of that, all of them. Saturday's games are more enjoyable than Sundays, if I had to be honest. But, um... You know, slime in the end zone. We got some stuff from that. We got Cordell Patterson swearing at the refs. 
Um, you know, he had a he had a nice f bomb in there. We were all waiting for that one, and we heard it loud and clear on the Nickelodeon broadcast. I watched it the whole game. You know, I felt it was enjoyable. If they do it again, I don't know if I'll watch it again because uh, I do very much like Tony Romo, whether he's a you know former cowboy or not. I do very much like him um, on the broadcast, and I think it was a good job. I mean, something we have to mention. I don't want to throw any. Uh, throw any throw any plugs out there but we did have the play-by-play guy on Noah Eagle friend of the show on the podcast I was texting with him on that uh you know on uh, about that and that was pretty cool so you know really good for him he did a great job there Nate Burleson did a great job they all did a great job um uh, you know on that Nickelodeon broadcast so just something I would like to mention before we get started I think we're ready now like I said got a few stuff to cover not the biggest news but you know, we got some stuff thrown in there. Um, and first thing I want to start with, and I saw this the other day, uh, was that a stat from last year that the Giants had the lowest yak uh, per completion this past season, meaning yak yards after catch, which doesn't surprise me. Didn't throw the ball that much. We were more of a run team, uh, which we don't have, you know, many weapons to, you know, pass the ball pretty well. Um, but I did write a blog post about that, you know, plug already. But I did write a blog post that just came out today about how the Giants need a free agent wide receiver, right? Whether it's in the draft or free agency. But I did an article on the top free agent targets for the Giants. That includes Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, and Corey Davis. Not in that order. I messed it up. But, um, yeah, go check that out and, and uh, read that one. But something I just had that I just pulled up, you know, kind of something that I saw. That's something that the Giants can improve on hopefully next season. Um, next thing on the list here, I'm just going down the line. Sources told the New York Post that Andrew Thomas had ankle surgery. He posted on uh, Instagram a photo of you know the ankle all taped up and saying, like, thank you for the blessing and the prayers. Um, and basically, he had ankle surgery to correct an issue that was known when he entered the league and had nagged him since training camp. He waited to get it fixed without fear of doing further damage. He's expected to recover by March, according to the source. And will be able to participate in the NFL offseason programs um, and on-field activities when they, you know, start again. You know, depending on the COVID nineteen situation. So, seems like he'll be ready for all the activities that will come out. You know, OTA stuff like that. And um, I think he'll be ready. Yeah, hopefully nothing too serious there for him. He'll be back. I'm pretty sure. Um, nice and ready for next season. Hopefully improved for next season uh we're going to be going over our offensive line stats and uh, rankings for you know the whole offensive line for this season we'll see where Andrew Thomas ranks he had an okay rookie season but hopefully he improves next year um so yeah pretty much that's all I have to say about him um I, I guess we'll move to the Eagles now our favorite friends in Philadelphia and our favorite friend Doug Peterson is fired he's no longer there Josh it's very exciting He's terrible. He sucks. I wish he kind of stayed because he's a terrible head coach. But the Eagles got rid of him, and now they're going to get a new head coach, so that's kind of upsetting. Hopefully they don't get anyone too good. Adam Gase's name has been thrown around a bit. I've heard this is the perfect job for Adam Gase, in my opinion. <laughs> I, I mean, Alex, is he a terrible head coach because he spoiled the Giants' chances of making the playoffs? Because you can't forget about that win against the New England Patriots, Philly special and everything. Super Bowl victory. Um, you know, you don't see Joe Judge walking in there having that as a head as a head coach. Yes, he does have Super Bowl rings, I'm sure, but not as a head coach, as a special team slash wide receiver coach. 
So you can't forget about that with Doug Peterson. I know Giants fans hate the Philadelphia Eagles even more after that. I don't blame them, and I agree with them. And they might move up my list. We talked about on this podcast before that I have the Cowboys as the most hated team in the NFC East as a Giants fan, but I might have to change it to the Philadelphia Eagles, and hopefully they're up there in our you know primetime matchup. Next thing here, we got Kale Garrett, uh, Giants signing at linebacker for next season. He's a 23-year-old. Um, and he's going to be signed to a future contract. He used to play for Missouri, um, and he signed with the New York Giants, obviously, to a contract. Like I just said, he went undrafted out of college and spent time with the Tennessee Titans before the 2020 season. He was signed to the Minnesota Vikings practice squad in September, but was released midway through the season. So not thinking too highly on him, but they did sign him to future, uh, you know, reserve contract, like I just said, and you know, hopefully it pays off. He did win uh, the SEC Defensive Player of the Week twice in 2018. He was a first-team All-SEC, second-team All-SEC. Um, he and then he's been he was the team captain when at Missouri. Um, so you know, just just some stuff I pulled up about him. And uh, that's one more thing, Alex. You want to go on to the next part? Yeah. So the Giants. Uh, I know Josh talked about this a lot last season. Um, he was watching for the Rams, I believe, right? It was the Rams and the... It was LA. Yeah, it was the LA, 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 LA Hard Knocks, Chargers Rams, yep. Yep. So this year, apparently, the Giants are a prime candidate for Hard Knocks. That would be very exciting. We would obviously be watching every episode. Maybe we'll, we'll, be, we'll be a show, we'll be a show reviewers. Maybe this will become a TV show podcast where we review our favorite shows and movies. No, I'm just kidding, but... Definitely something that would be really exciting. Give us some more content to talk about, so that would also be helpful. Um, so, Hard Knocks, if you want to help us out there, that would be nice. Very much appreciated. But that would be really cool. And watching Joe Judge in that would be really fun. I'm not sure if you would allow that, though, because I don't think he, he seems kind of like a secretive guy. I feel like you wouldn't get the best knowledge into what's actually going on if they were somehow able to do it. But still pretty cool. And, you know, hopefully it happens. Probably won't, but we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, Alex, you actually, thank you for that because you, you got me summed up right there. That's exactly what I was going to say. Giants have been front runners for a few years now. It happened last year. It happened, I believe, the year when the Cleveland Browns were in it as well. Um, and they've been front runners for a while, I've seen, and it's just never happened. I've always wanted, since Hard Knocks has begun, um, you know, in the early 2000s, I think, I've always wanted the Giants, right? Um, you know, my father as well, who watches it, who I watch it with, you know, has always wanted the Giants. We just have never gotten the Giants for hard knocks. And, you know, it's our time, but it's not because I do not think the Giants will, you know, do it. And I think I'm sure they have to go through the coaching staff and see who wants to get mic'd up, who's not, if they're even into it in general. And I don't think Joe, I think Joe Judge will reject it. And I think that's their main guy and that's who they want. They, that's why they want to do it because they want to see, you know, the Joe Judge mentality in the locker room and stuff like that and have him mic'd up. And I just don't think he'll want to do that. Just like, you know, a coach that he's coached with and, and Bill Belichick, you know, he's the same type of guy, he's really secretive and he doesn't really want to do that stuff. I think Joe Judge is a little more outgoing um, towards the media and, and stuff of that nature, to be honest. He's not, Bill Belichick's a little like too crazy. I mean, he, he put his dog on the chair because he didn't want to be shown on ESPN. If you remember that during the NFL draft. So he's a real, he's a really, really secretive guy. Um, and he doesn't really want to be shown, but you know, even the dogs getting into it over here, she's hyped about it. Maybe she'll get on 
um, hard knocks and stuff, something like that, you know, but um, yeah. Yeah, hopefully something happens there. I mean, like Josh said, like I said, probably not going to happen, but we'll have to see. Um, I guess now we'll turn to the mock drafts. I know this is way too early. The draft is in late April. We're in mid-January, but the national championship just happened. We have to look in, we have to look forward and we saw some of the best prospects coming out of college in that game, especially Devonta Smith, who had a nuts game. Um, Jalen Waddle was in there. Didn't look 100% for sure. Um, probably shouldn't have played, but he is also declared for the draft. So definitely an option there for the Giants. And I also wrote an article on Jalen Waddle. So if you haven't seen that, go check it out on thegianttake.com. But yeah. There's lots of mock drafts out there. Kyle Pitts is another one um, of Florida. And uh, Kuwaiti Payne, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, is also the edge rusher, I believe, um, is mocked to the Giants a lot as well at the 11th pick. But Josh, do you have anything else on, you know, the early mock drafts that we're seeing? Yeah, well, you did a draft profile on Jalen Waddle, which got me really excited about him. Um, he's just been a beast for the Alabama um, Crimson Tide, and and basically, right? Is that? Oh no, is that LSU? I'm, I'm I'm messing up my schools, I think, but I think it's Alabama Crimson Tide, right? No, I think I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing right now. Um, I'm right, Alex. Alex, am I right? Yeah, you're right. It is the Crimson Tide. I just had, I had to go to the good old friend at Google to make sure, but yes, you're right. Yeah, I think it's like the LSU Tide. Yeah, LSU Tiger. So I was like getting the whole thing messed up. Anyway, so Waddle's been a very good player. And the most recent thing, as we saw from the national championship, Devontae Smith is putting out of this world numbers up on the board, right? Heisman Trophy winner. Um, and that hasn't been a thing for a long time. I don't know the exact year. So he's putting out of this world numbers. That's going to jump up in the draft, I think, especially because that's a big game. And, you know, big game, that means big game. That means that more teams are going to be looking at that and like what they see. So I think he's going to jump up into the draft. Um, not going to be in the teens. He's going to be in the top 10. Uh, no doubt in my mind. He's not going to come to the Giants, I think, at 11. And I would love a player like Devontae Smith. But um, when Jalen Waddle has been healthy, the first four games of the season, they he had better stats than Devontae Smith. So did Devontae Smith just kind of pop off the season due to Jalen Waddle's injury? I think that's 100% true. And you have to take that into consideration that they're both very, very good players, but we don't know how good they are. Um, and then another thing that I have actually is it's, it's so hard to judge players in college, especially on these big teams that are so successful, such as Alabama, such as Ohio State, such as, you know, LSU, not this year, but at times, you know, such as Clemson and stuff like that. Because we saw in a player like Dwayne Haskins, right, coming into the draft, he's in Ohio State, one of the top teams in the country, and he is going crazy. You want to know why he's going crazy? Because now we've seen it. He's got top receivers on that team some of the best receivers in the country and he comes to the NFL. He's on, you know, a team that doesn't have the best receivers, Terry McLaurin really. And he sucks. And then he gets cut. So you have to be really careful because you don't know how good these players are going to be. And, you know, in the NFL, um, such as these players in Alabama and even like generational talents at quarterback, right? Like who the jets are looking for. I'm not going to say Trevor Lawrence, but you never know. Right. Um, so, so that's just something I got to pick and, and you gotta, you gotta see how, 
how it works with the uh, the NFL and college football. Yeah, and you know, lots of Giants fans are freaking out. Lots of fans are saying, you know, all three. Well, the big three, right? There's Jamar Chase, there is Devonta Smith, and there's Jalen Waddle. Obviously, Jalen Waddle is kind of like the third. And then kind of, well, you know, now it's a pretty clear order now after Devonta Smith's game uh, in the cha- uh, national championship. But I think people are overestimating how many wide receivers are going to go in the top 10. We don't really see wide receivers go in the top 10. They're a very, I, they're a position that's not very high valued. And there's always a couple people that drop really low in the draft, right? Last year, CeeDee Lamb, he dropped pretty low to 17, which was lower than everyone thought he People thought he could be 10, 11, 12. I kind of forget the picks at that point. But, you know, people are thinking, you know, he could go six. He could go third to the – I don't think a wide receiver is going third overall to the Miami Dolphins. I don't think that's happening. It it just I, – I don't see a receiver going any earlier than maybe the Eagles. But even the Eagles, they need help at cornerback. Uh, the, the Alabama cornerback, what's his name? Surden, Surden. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name, Patrick Surton, something like that. Um, but he's a very good prog, uh, prospect. So the Eagles could be taking him. I, I don't think there's better prospects out there. And, you know, this draft class is filled with talented wide receivers. I don't think people are going to be rushing to get, um, all these wide receivers since there's so much depth there. Obviously there's lots of talent. But I, I don't think there's going to be more than one or two gone. There's definitely going to be one of those three there at 11. I have no doubt about it at this present moment in time, obviously, if anything changes. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Giants fans, we need to calm down, think our number wide number one wide receiver will be there if we want it. Um, but, yeah. And, and on your point, I know I'm going on now, but on your point of Jalen Waddle um, and how he got his – if you look at my article, another plug – you can see that in the first five games, he totally went off. If he had kept that pace for the first five games, he would have had much better. He would have been the same conversation Devonta Smith is having right now. So I think he's extremely talented. As long as you make sure he's recovered from this injury, I think he has, like I said in the article as well, I think he has the highest upside out of any of these wide receivers. But I'll take all three of all three of them, any of them um, I'd take at number 11. Um, but, you know, it's just exciting to see that we might get one of these insane wide receiver prospects at uh, at our pick. Oh, yeah. We'll have them there. Doesn't mean we're picking them. Um, you will never get me to believe that the Giants are picking a wide receiver until they actually pick a wide receiver. I want to save this and throw it um, towards the future because we're, we, we're going to need stuff to talk about with the draft when it's closer. You know, we're still in January right now. Um, we got free agency to cover first. But we, we got to save all this because we, we're going to need it soon. Um, I, I mean, Alex hasn't thought so recently, but I, you know, we're, we're going to need it because we're going to have weeks where we don't have stuff to talk about. So we'll, we'll cover free agency in the draft in a little bit. But one last thing with the mock drafts, I've seen a lot more Kyle Pitts there um, from the Florida Gators tight end. And do we want someone like that with Evan Ingram? And I think we do. You know, we're a tight end heavy team. Um, they love doing tight ends, especially with Jason Garrett right now. So Giants have always really liked the tight ends. Um, so, you know, do we need someone like Kyle Pitts? No. But do we want someone like Kyle Pitts? I mean, yeah. I don't want Evan Ingram dropping balls every play. So that's something we definitely want to focus on. And maybe we'll see it in the future. Um, one more thing circling back to Doug Peterson. Joe Judge, like I said, you know, not as a, of a secretive guy. 
as you, you would think, uh, went on WFAN's Boomer and Geo this past week and actually was talking about um, what happened with the Eagles. And you know how he said in the press conference, he, he, he was pissed at the time. He let it rip. You know, he called it like a joke or whatever, and or not a joke, but he said it was like not right to the NFL. Then Boomer and Geo asked him about it again, and he's like, ah, I'm not going to speak on that anymore. Um, so he knew he was retracing his steps and uh, taking it back. But he did say this about Doug Peterson saying, I'm never going to comment on other jobs. It's their decision. But I have a tremendous amount of respect, a tremendous amount of respect for Doug. And he had tremendous success with that team, Judge said. Going against him now several times here and in New England, he's done a good job with that team. I'll let the organization speak for their decision, but I have a lot of respect for him and what he's accomplished in this league. Um, so there you go. Uh, there's Joe Judge talking about Doug Peterson there going a little bit back. Now into the future, or right now, <laughs> basically, uh, the Bills signed Devonta Freeman, um, which is a big thing. Now the Giants will not have him anymore, meaning obviously they're done with him because they know Saquon will be back for next season. They didn't feel like holding on to him. Uh, this is because of the Zach Moss injury, which could keep him out for the rest of the playoffs if the Bills make it that far. Um, so they signed Devonta Freeman to be the backup, I believe, for uh, Devin Singletary um, for that. And then, let's see, I have a Dan Duggan tweet here from a few days ago saying the Giants signed tight ends Nakia Griffin-Stewart and Nate Weeding, Whiting to future contracts. Both spent time in the practice squad this season. Giants have signed every player who finished the season on the practice squad to future contracts, except Benjamin Victor, who we liked in the beginning, uh, of the season and the kent kicker slash punter Ryan Santoso um for that. And interesting. Um <laughs> I, I I don't know why we didn't resign Benjamin Victor, but that that's a little bit annoying for me. Um Alex, any final thoughts before we go to the offensive line tears? No, not really actually. I mean you pretty much summed up everything there. I don't really understand. You know, I'm not gonna get into the decisions with players who really are not going to make a big impact on this team. I'll leave that up to Joe Judge. Um, so I'll, I'll just let that be. I, I guess we can get right into the offensive line now. So we have tiers. We're not going to be doing grades per se, but we're going to be putting them into tiers. We have great as, you know, great. That's basically equivalent to your like AA plus. Um, above expectations, that's self-explanatory average. Below expectations and trash slash awful. And I think the rest of those are pretty explanatory. Actually, all of them are explanatory. I don't know why I have to explain what great means. But yeah, let's get into it. And I guess we'll start with the biggest question on the offensive line, Andrew Thomas. He was the number four overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft. Josh, what tier are you going to put in Andrew Thomas? Well, this is funny you speak of that because I always, or, or I've alluded back to it before, I think just on the interview with uh, Daryl Slater of NJ.com when he wrote his like article kind of mid-season-ish, he had uh, grades for the offensive linemen or at least the rookies. He gave Andrew Thomas an F. Um, and to be honest, he's really bounced back from the beginning of the season. So you know what? I'm going to go with above expectations. Um, I think he's done pretty well on what he's done so far. I was debating between above expectations and average. I don't know what you're going to say, Alex. But I think he's been a pretty good offensive lineman. He shut down Miles Garrett, and that was the biggest thing for me. He shut down Miles Garrett uh, against the Cleveland Browns, which is debatably the best 
player in the not the best player in the NFL, but the best defensive player in the NFL with Aaron Donald. He's definitely in that top three. Yes, he is. But Alex is shaking his head. Go ahead. I'll, I'm gonna let you go. I was shaking my head before you said Aaron Donald. I I didn't realize you were gonna say Aaron Donald. I thought you were just saying Miles Garrett. But yeah, I agree with you. He he played solid. So you're putting him in what tier? I'm going above expectations. I think I think so. All right. So I'm gonna go with average. Um, I'm I'm. I'm not going to go above expectations with him because I had high expectations. When you are picked fourth overall, I think you have to have a a decent floor. And I think Andrew Thomas struggled. He gave up the most sacks um, out of any offensive tackle with 10. So that was pretty not good. Um, Obviously, he's got better throughout the season. So that's why I would have said below expectations otherwise. But his last few games of the season were really impressive besides that Arizona game. Um, so I'm going to put him in average. I guess we'll move on to the other rookie on the offensive line who got a lot of time, Shane Lemieux. Um, Josh, I, I, I'll let you go first again. Who do you, what grade do you have for uh, Shane Lemieux? Listen, right, our expectations can't be too high for Shane Lemieux um, because he was such a late pick, I believe fifth round, if I'm getting that correct. And for what he did, though, it wasn't good. Uh, he did not play well for this team. He did not play well in, you know, yeah, in general for this team. So for that, I I wouldn't say he was trash awful, but I'm definitely going to go below expectations 100%. To be honest, I didn't have many expectations for Shane Lemieux. Um, I saw him as a backup, and when he was a starter, I I the only benefit I saw with Shane Lemieux is that when Shane Lemieux was playing alongside Andrew Thomas, Andrew Thomas did better. Is that because of Shane Lemieux or Andrew Thomas progressing as he gets more time? I think it's the latter. I don't think Shane Lemieux really had much to do with it. I expect next year you'll see uh, Will Hernandez, who we'll talk about later, line up more primarily uh, with Andrew Thomas on that left side. I'm going to go with uh, below expectations is a tough one because I really expected him to be pretty bad, but I'm going to go with below expectations because he wasn't average and that's just not a not not a proper place to put him. And now moving on to the next player who is definitely was not below expectations, Nick Gates. He had a tremendous season moving to center from, you know, guard slash tackle. Zero sacks given up. And it, w- it was a good season for him. Um, I wouldn't say he was great because he definitely wasn't like a perfect center. But I'm going to put him in above expectations because that's definitely where I feel he stood. He had a solid season, and uh, he definitely exceeded my expectations. So I was happy with what I saw from him, and I think he'll just continue to improve. And that'll definitely be one of Gettleman's uh, better moves that we've seen. Signing him onto that two-year extension for very little money um, looks like a great move at the moment, and uh, hopefully it'll continue to pay off. Yeah, I have Nick Gates at above expectations as well. He played very well for what he did uh, at the center position, and he's definitely going to be the center starting one, starting center for next year unless we get a free agent. Um, I don't think anyone in the draft could replace him there at center. I don't think we would get someone in the draft. But I definitely think you would uh, you would want to see another player in the draft getting taken by the Giants, you know, in that higher area in the draft, maybe a fourth or fifth round, which is not too high, Because I, but I think we, there's other positions such as edge and wide receiver we should go in the first and second round um, for that. That would be my, my one-two if we were going to, you know, talk about that, which we'll get to, I'm sure, in, in a later episode. I, I think next player, 
I mean, who do you want to go to, Alex? We can definitely do Nick. Uh, we did Nick Gates, right? So I just said that. Kevin Zeitler. We want to do that. We'll do we'll do Kevin Zeitler. Um, he played right guard for the Giants. He played well last year. Um, obviously he was involved in like that Odell Beckham, Olivier Vernon trade with the Browns, and he came over. He played very well this year. It was all right. I, I think it wasn't it wasn't the potential that I expected from him. So it's not above expectations. So my expectations on him is going to be average because I had expectations and he kind of did not pass those. Yeah, I completely agree with you. For Zeitler, it's it's nothing but average. Um, he, he's solid, right? He's not an average player. He's a solid, above-average um, player in the NFL. But based on this tier, our expectations for him were slightly higher. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with average for Kevin Zeitler. Moving on to... I, I Terrible. Cam Fleming. I, it's, just, it's just not good enough from him. He has no excuses. He's not a rookie. He's... Definitely not a rookie. He was drafted in 2014. I'm, I'm trying to figure out his age. I believe he's 28. Um, six sacks allowed. Lots of penalties. Lots of crucial penalties, I remember, throughout the season that he committed that really pushed our offense back. Not good. Cam Fleming is in the awful tier. He's just not good at all. So for me, uh, if you want to talk about Cam Fleming, I'm not going to be as upset or, or as mean as Alex was. It's very, very upset. Trash awful? Really? My God. Very rude. I'm going to have Cam Fleming in the below average, uh, below average, below expectation section. Uh, we'll go on to, like I said, the backups or or like the backups, but they got some playtime in there. Matt Parrott, the rookie, didn't expect much from him either. He looked really good, though. Um, at some points in the season, so that is why I'm gonna have him at average as well. Um, he got good; he was good in the beginning, I feel like, and then also then trailed off and, and did pretty bad. So I have him as average. I'm gonna disagree with you here. I'm gonna put him in above expectations. Um, I know this is a little bit silly. I'm going to my friends at PFF. He's actually the highest graded offensive tackle or offensive lineman for the Giants this season. So just for that, our friends at PFF know Josh; they know what they're doing. So, okay, uh, just just one quick thing, Alex. First of all, all you all you do is you rage at PFF time after time again when they gave Saquon Barkley a bad grade to start at the season, like the top fifty players. You yell at them. I have them in below expectations or average, sorry. And you go and you give PFF as your main source to put them in above average. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. That is so not true. <laughs> yeah, I, I also just want to stay positive on him because I really like him. Um, I think he has a lot of potential. Only two sacks let up, so that's something. You know, he may not have played a lot of snaps, but only two sacks given up. So I'm going to put him in above expectations. I'm very happy with that pick. My friends at PFF know, Josh. And, you know, they, they've changed staff, I think, recently, so they definitely know now. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. Will Hernandez, who was kind of put into a backup role this season, started some games – it was kind of like the whole shift in the offensive line, the substitutions, lots of craziness that was going on. Will Hernandez, when he was in, I thought was average. He didn't do anything crazy. He only allowed one sack, only one penalty as well. So nothing too crazy from him. He was overall okay. You know, we were hoping to see something better, almost a borderline first round pick, second pick in the second round. Was really hoping we'd see more progression from him. Hasn't happened yet, but hopefully in year four, something happens magically. Um, but yeah, or year three, actually. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a stretch to see how he you know progresses a lot and lives up to you know the hype that was for him. But yeah, I'm gonna put him in average. Yeah, so just as you said, we had expectations for him and he's never lived up to them and that is why he's going below my expectations because I had the expectations and he did not surpass them or even, I wouldn't say or even get close because he would be awful, but he wasn't close to my expectations really. Um, so that is why I'm going to have him in below expectations. He was he was not good this season and he still hasn't taken that step up and it, and it annoys me, very much annoys me. Um, we'll move on to, actually I'll go... Let's see who we talked about already. We can go... I think we talked about everyone, right? Besides Spencer Pooley. I mean, there's like really nothing on him. He Um, played three snaps, so I feel like it's a little bit peculiar to rate him. But yeah, I mean... Spencer Pooley, congratulations. He's great. He's going in the great tier. He's going to be the only one in the great tier. Yeah, the only one. There's no other giant offensive lineman besides Spencer Pooley in the great tier. So let's do it right now. The offensive line tiers for the 2020-2021 Giants season, rated by Josh and Alex. Spencer Pooley in the great section, only one there from the both of us above expectations. Andrew Thomas for me. Uh, Nick Gates for both of us. Matt Parrott from Alex. Average. Andrew Thomas from Alex. Zeitler for both of us. Hernandez for Alex, below expectations, Lemieux for both of us, Hernandez for me, Fleming for Alex, Pear for myself, Trash, awful, oh no, 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 okay, I did that wrong, Fleming is below expectations for me, and uh, the only person in the Trash, awful section was Cam Fleming for Alex, so congrats Alex, you are now the meanest person, you know, talking about the Giants, Putting players in the trash awful section. Don't worry, I'm definitely gonna put one in our next <laughs> episode. Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's one coming up in the next episode. If you can guess who it is, congratulations. Tweet me, DM me on Twitter, and uh, let me know who you think. Quarterbacks and running backs um, is what we're doing next episode next week. So go check that out. Um, when it comes out, we'll be talking about that. Um, I think that's really it for all of the giant stuff. I think we'll go to our picks now. So last week. 18 week 18 if you want to talk about a super wild card weekend i went five and one alex went four and two um and then that brings the total to 155 and 91 that's alex's record 157 and 89 so two ahead of alex alex has a face on he's very upset about that he thinks the calculations are wrong they're completely wrong even though i was up one and then he lost again and i won so then that would be up two Simple math, Alex. If you don't know simple math, I'm sorry, even though, you know, you should you should know that type of math. Um, we'll go to our week 19 divisional picks. I'm saying that because, Alex, come on, math genius over here. You got to know this stuff. Um, we're going to go to the first game of that wild card weekend. It is going to be the Packers against the Rams. Come on, this is, this is easy. We're going to go Packers, both of us. And then Saturday night, it's going to be Bills-Ravens. We both have the Bills. Alex, go ahead. So obviously you're thinking through my mind because obviously everyone's rooting for me here. Um, if you see, I'm behind by two. I need to flip two. I'm banking that, you know, in the conference uh, championship and in the Super Bowl, maybe I can snag one more to make it at least a tie game. So I'm going to try to only flip one here because the Bills and the Ravens, it's too close to call. Um, and I think Josh has made an oopsie on the last one. So I'm going to see what happens there but yeah I'm gonna go Bills for him uh for this game I think the Bills are slight favorites and also because Josh is going for the Bills I kind of have to go for the Bills otherwise 
it's a whole complicated thing. I, I've done equations in my head. I'm, I'm panicking. I'm staying up all night trying to figure this out. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with the Bills. Josh went with the Bills also. Equation in your head. You can't even calculate that. I'm up by two. You were looking at me, giving me a shrug face like, what? Up by two? Alex, I was up by one at the end of the season. You lost a game. I won a game. Up by two. Come on. This is this is easy stuff here. We both have the Chiefs, and then we're switching Saints box. So that's how it's going to go. Alex is going Buccaneers, and I'm going with the Saints. So that's how the divisional picks are going to go. Don't worry, because we'll update you next week. I'm sure we will. Alex would love to get to that next week, because he got to it so early in this episode. Um, Alex, go ahead. If I lose this one, number one, Josh is betting against the GOAT. So I, I feel confident of what's going on here. Um, betting against the GOAT? All you talk about is you discredit Tom Brady. <laughs> And how all the Giants beat him and everything. I even sent you a tweet the other day about how Tom Brady, what is going on? You're just changing. PFF, now you love them. They're the best in the world. Tom Brady's now the GOAT. What is happening? I don't know. Um, I, I've had, ever since I'm down two in this in this uh, competition here, I've been going a little bit nuts. So yeah, I'm going to go with the Bucks. Hopefully they win. If not, I'm going to have to go crazy. I'm going to have to pick everyone Josh doesn't pick in the... Uh, division in the conference championship and in the super bowl so this is kind of a must-win situation i'm gonna be watching that game very closely and probably will be let down but we'll see and i'm very uh excited to see good games this weekend and it'll definitely be some fun football to watch now moving on um make sure to go check out the giant take.com uh we have new blog posts josh just released one today actually when this episode's coming out um it's about some giants free agent wide receiver targets that we may be looking into. So make sure to go check out that. Um, we also post that on Twitter and every other social media as well that Josh will talk about later. You can listen to our episodes um, on the on the website as well by clicking the episodes tab. And on the homepage, you can click the newsletter, um, which will, or you go scroll down and it'll take you to our newsletter where you can subscribe and put your email and that'll give you updates on new blog posts, episodes, announcements, whatever. Um, and we would really appreciate that. And what else we would also really appreciate is going to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the giant take, um, which has our $2 tier with fan requests, private community, and a shout out on the podcast. Um, and that is it for me. Yeah. Um, go follow Alex at a 23. Go follow me at Joshua 29. Go follow at the giant take pod on Twitter. Go follow us on Instagram at the giant take and Facebook also at the giant take. We would really appreciate it. While you're on Twitter, though, stay there and go type in Talking Blues Pod. It's a Chelsea FC podcast that Alex and I do um, with our friend Peter, who's been on this podcast before. So go check that out. We'd really appreciate it. Um, Wherever you're listening, please subscribe, drop a five-star rating. And if you want to be extra special, give us a review. Really appreciate it. Share with one friend. Share with your friends and family. And share on your social medias. Be sure to tag us at the Giant Take Pod if you're going to do it on Instagram. At the Giant Take, if you're going to do it on Twitter or or mess it up. At the Giant Take Pod, if you're going to do it on Twitter. And then at the Giant Take, if you're going to do it on Instagram or Facebook. Um, we would really appreciate it. And that's going to do it, I think, for this new episode of the Giant Take Podcast, episode 76. I think I messed it up last episode, so I think I got it correct this time. That's been a wrap for episode number 76 of the Giant Take Podcast. I've been your host, Alex, always joined by Josh. And we'll see you next time with some more Giants news.
Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.